Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I am your host, Melanie Ferris Tucker, and I am so grateful that you're here. I do hope this this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. So I am a little congested, so excuse me if I'm nasally, but we're going to try to get through this without me having to blow my nose, okay? So today I am actually calling this podcast um, Knowing Where You Are Emotionally. Again, this is a continuation of the series of the book A Garden Within by Dr. Anita Phillips. And today we are going to be talking about how your mind, we're often taught that um, that thoughts create our feelings. And that is a lie that we've been told most of the time, right? Um, but actually our feelings come before our thoughts. So today we're going to talk about knowing where we are emotionally. A lot of us walk around, we're heartbroken, right? Um, we don't understand, you know, why things are happening to us. We have these thought processes every single day and we don't understand, you know, why, why we're here or what we're doing. And, and a lot of times most of us are walking around with a broken heart. So, um, in church, we're often taught, you know, the renewing of your mind. We all know that verse and that scripture, uh, Romans 12 and two, we all know that. Right. And, you know, we're, we're taught to renew our mind, but let me give you, um, some examples. Okay. A lot of us, um, in life, okay. And I'm going to say 95% of people see something in themselves that they want to change. They genuinely want to change. Right. And sometimes, you know, your mind is saying, I want to change. Let me give you an example. When I was in my addiction before I went to prison, I was exhausted. Okay. I was tired. I wanted to get sober. Every time I looked at my children, I said, I don't want to be this mom forever. Right. I had come to the end of my rope. I was exhausted and I was tired and I did not want to live that life anymore. But I did not understand how to get out of it. Okay. So, genuinely in my heart, I wanted to change, but I did not know what it took to change. Okay. Meaning, yeah, I could get sober. Um, yeah, I could stop doing drugs. Yeah, I could, you know, go get a job. I could do that. But honestly, that's not going to change my life because there is still one big problem. I was walking around with a broken heart. Okay. And until we learn to change and to heal the heart, oftentimes we can't change. And we hear people telling us, and, and here's a huge one too, when you're tired, you will change. When you're ready to change, you will change. But the thing is, is that oftentimes we can change, right? But we're going to go back to that same pattern because our heart is broken, right? We have not yet got the tools that we need in order to heal the heart, 
And a lot of times when we go to church, right, or we read our Bible, you know, we think, let's, you know, pray or, you know, read the Bible or go to church. And all of those things are fantastic. But most often when we're at this point, we're at a crossroads, right, where we have to change, right? We need to, something in our life needs to change. We are absolutely devastated, right? Because we're looking at our lives and we are wondering why all of these things are not working. Like I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church, I'm doing all the right things, but why is my life not changing? And most often people are absolutely devastated because they feel like they are failing spiritually, right? Because they're doing all the right things and nothing is working. And that's because their heart is broken, And we don't understand that a lot, right? We can go to church and we can get the most powerful word. It can touch our soul. It can touch our hearts. It can touch our minds. But when our heart is broken, if we do not have the tools that we need to change, we're not going to change. Like somebody can, can preach to us change, But oftentimes people feel so lost in like, what does that mean, right? Because like, we'll go to church or we'll go to a meeting or we'll go to this or we'll go to that. And we're like, you know, we we feel the word, we feel it in our souls, right? And, you know, we're crying and we want to do the right thing. We want to get saved. But the very next day, when our heart starts communicating with us, we're still brokenhearted. That part hasn't changed and we don't have the tools to um to heal our heart so therefore we continue to go back to the same behaviors the same thought patterns the same broken experiences we continue on the hamster wheel because although we 100% genuinely want to change we can't change because we don't know the tools of how to heal the broken heart. <clears throat> our heart and our mind are like plants. Our heart and mind is like plants and soil, okay? A plant cannot live without that soil. Remember last week we talked about your heart is your soil, right? And so your <coughs> excuse me, your heart and mind are like a plant to the soil, right? The soil is your heart. Your mind is like a plant. They have to have each other in order to live. What is your relationship between your heart and your mind? What is it? Are are you brokenhearted? Do you need to heal from something? Is there a situation in your life where you're like, you know what, this is constantly happening to me or I'm constantly having this behavior or I'm constantly having this thought and it's not changing and my direction of my life is not changing and I don't understand. I'm going to church. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. I'm, you know, being a good mom, I'm being a good dad, I'm being a good husband or a good wife or a good partner. I'm doing all the things but nothing is changing and I don't understand. See, a lot of times 
things, traumas and, and things happen in our lives, right? And we begin to ask ourselves different questions. Now, in this book, um, you know, she's talking about that we were not created to think our way out of something. We were not created like that. God did not create us to think our way out of something. He didn't. But we oftentimes think that we can think our way out of our problems. Like, let me take control. Let me think of a solution. Let me think of how I can solve this problem. And then I'm going to do it. Right? And, and, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. Um, that kind of sounded disgusting. <coughs> so we were not created to think our way um, out of a feeling. Okay, we, that's not how we were created. You know, the heart anchors the root of the mind. Okay? Our heart is our anchor. So let me explain to you something. So let's talk about a tree. If you know anything about biology, okay, you know that as a tree is working, meaning growing and taking in water, okay, and producing fruit, that is called photosynthesis, okay? We are similar to photosynthesis, okay? We work, but instead of us working to produce right? The water, like the tree is working with the water, it's working with the sun, and it is producing um, a fruit. But in us, it photosynthesis is more like our thinking, okay? And how our thoughts, and we have different types of thinking. So thinking is always a series of questions. Like when she told, when she said this, like I was like, wow, that is absolutely correct, right? Because here, here's some of our thought examples, right? Like, what am I going to wear today? Okay, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to cook for dinner today? Um, how am I going to get the kids back and forth to school? Um, you know, how am I going to get my homework done? How, you know, we're, these are a series, our thinking is a series of questions, right? And then you also have some that are, that we call habits, which you don't really have to think about. That would be like brushing your teeth or getting clothes on or, um, you know, or brushing your hair, those are considered habits, which we don't normally think about, right? We just kind of do those. And then you have different types of, you have daydreaming, okay? Daydream of, you know, what it would be like to have a big house, or what would it be like to finish your college degree, or what would it feel like, you know, we have those. And then we have like imaginations, okay, where we can imagine different scenarios in our life and different things that we would love to happen, but then we have meaning-making thoughts, okay? Meaning-making thoughts. These are normally our why questions. Why did this happen to me? Why is my child out of sorts? Why did the marriage not work out? Why did the relationship not work out? Why did I gain all this weight? Why you know, why these are our why questions. And most of the time what we're doing is we are trying to um, understand why something is happening to us. Now, this can happen in a couple, this can show itself in a couple of different ways, okay? One of, the, one of the things that we can do is we can ask ourselves all of these why questions and then we can turn around and we make everyone else responsible for everything that's happened to us. Okay, that is a 
that is that is anger. Okay, that is a fruit. A behavior equals fruit. Okay, I'm gonna and I'm gonna go over that in a minute. But behavior is fruit. All right, whether it's internal or external. So if you are internally angry, okay, you externally blame everyone else for your problems. Like there's zero responsibility placed on you about what is going on in your life. And that is a fruit that you will produce. Anger is a fruit. Um, love is a fruit. Um, a behavior, again, is a fruit. Like we don't, and it's, it's crazy when I'm, when I'm reading this book because I'm thinking to myself like how accurate all of this stuff is. Like we talk about all the time in the church, like producing good fruit, right? Sow seeds, produce fruit. Sow seeds, produce fruit. But what kind of fruit are you actually producing? Like that's important, right? Because if you want to sow a seed, which is amazing, but what seed are you sowing? And are you sowing the same seeds everywhere? Because that's, you know, sometimes people will act differently in certain situations than they do in other situations, okay? Sometimes we will sow good, good seed in one area, but we sow bad seed in another area. And just because you sow good seed here and bad seed here doesn't mean that you're good all the time. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. I've talked about this a long time ago, that when we are hurt, okay, or when we choose not to deal with the things that are going on in our lives, right, we like to put on a mask, okay, and we mask everything, Okay, so what a mask would look like would be, I am angry and I'm hurt, but I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to pretend that I'm happy. Okay, and I, you see this a lot of times in abusive relationships. All right, you see this a lot, of, a lot in abusive relationships where you'll go out and everything looks perfect on the outside, right? But then when you go home, it's like you're living in hell. Okay, and everything is totally different on the inside. But when you go outside, it's like everybody views everything as perfect. When reality, it's not. All right, that is an example of producing different types of fruit. Because you want to go outside and produce fruit to others. But when you go home, the fruit that you're producing is not love, is not um, um, showing the same fruit that you're, that you're showing outside. <coughs> Excuse me. Now think when we talk about thinking, meaning questions, right? We often think about, you know, uh, why did I have to go through an addiction? These are questions that I've had for myself. Why do we have to go through an addiction? Why did I have to go through an addiction? Why did I have to be a big mo- bad mom? Why did I have to go to prison? You know, why did I have to um, go through uh, physical abuse as a child? Why did I have divorced parents? Why did my stepmom not love me? Why did my real mom not love me? Why? Like, these are all the questions, right? So can you imagine how broken my heart was at one point in my life when I'm asking myself all myself all of these questions like in in the result is and the answer that I would 
take from all of these um, examples was there was something wrong with me. There was something wrong with me. Because if someone had to physically abuse me or both of my moms didn't, I felt like didn't love me and I had divorced parents and I was going through trauma and I ended up an addict and I ended up in prison, something was wrong with me. Because how did everybody else make it out and I'm the only one that went through all of this? That's a meaning-making question that we find ourselves asking all the time. And until you get the answers to those questions or you know that, listen, this stuff that happened to me is not my fault, but what is, and it's, it, it was not my responsibility to change those people, but what it is my responsibility to do is heal from those things. Because my life will continue to look the exact same as it did then. I will still be asking myself the same questions. I will still have the same broken heart. I will still continue with the same behavior patterns and producing the same negative fruit if I do not get the tools and heal the heart that has been broken so that I can stop asking myself all of these meaning-making questions. And then I can begin to change the questions that I'm asking myself. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing. You know, when you start asking yourself empowering questions, it's going to help you heal your heart. I know that that stuff was not my fault. I know that I did not deserve that. But what can I do, right? To not continue on that same pattern. Because I started on that pattern. My, my, my stepmom physically abused me, but my real mom was not there for me. And what did I do? I turned into an addict and was not there for my own children for a while. So I started on that same cycle. Right? I started on that exact same cycle, but I had to understand that until I would start asking myself different questions and until I actively said, okay, I need to get some counseling, I need to get some help, I need to get to the bottom of why um, I operate the way that I do so that I can understand that I don't have to produce this negative fruit anymore. I can, even though I wasn't there for a short period of time, I could be there. For the remainder of my time. And I could quit always telling myself there was something wrong with me or I was such a bad person because I went through these things. Because on the opposite side of that was something very beautiful that I would have never expected. And that was a son looking at me and saying, Mom, if it was not for you, I would not be the man I am today. So it wasn't, so all of that stuff that I went through, my children also started on that same path. Going to jail, taking pills, doing things they ain't got no business doing. I literally got out of prison, just finished a drug program, 
And within a year, I was going to another drug program with one of my kids. Okay? I was getting them out of jail. I was going to a drug program with them. About two years later, I was getting another one out of jail. And guess what I was doing with them? Going to probation every two weeks. It was like, it was, I was seeing the exact same pattern as what I did. And healing my heart is what showed them that things were possible. Right? Honesty is always the best policy. My kids know everything I did. They know all the crimes I committed. They know all the things that I did. They were there for some of, you know, some of the time. Am I proud of that? No. Right? Did they continue on my course? Yes. Did something click with them one day? Yes. But it was not because of the nagging and what I said. It was because they saw that their mother had decided to heal the heart so that her mind could be healed so that she could create a successful life that would in turn help her children not be broken for the rest of theirs. It's important because you always have someone watching you, whether you know it or not. You always, if it's not your children, it could be your parents, it could be your grandchildren, it could be um, a friend, it could be a coworker. Someone is always watching you and they're watching for your breakthrough so that they could get theirs. But until you begin to accept the responsibility of your broken heart, other people's hearts are going to remain broken as well. So emotions fuel our thinking. Okay? Emotions fuel our thinking. Now, here's, here's a good thing that I want, to, I want to talk to you about. If you plant a fruit tree... It grows and it grows and then it produces a specific fruit. Okay, let's say an orange tree. So it produces oranges. That tree will never produce anything but fruit. Oranges. Nothing but oranges. Imagine yourself as a tree. Imagine if you could only produce one fruit. What would you want it to be? Another question is, what fruit are you producing right now? Okay? And I don't mean oranges or apples, okay? Are you producing joy? Or are you producing anger? What is the fruit that you are producing in this moment? And if you as a person and as within your heart could only produce one fruit, what would it, want it, what would it be? What would you want that fruit to be? What is it now? Is it joy or is it anger? Is it love or is it hate? What, are, what fruit are you producing? And your fruit is your behavior. It's a behavior. 
So if you're producing negative fruit on the inside, you're also producing negative fruit on the outside. <coughs> Without hope, we cannot experience joy. Without hope, we cannot experience joy. And joy makes us open to new things. Joy makes us open to new things. Here's a little tidbit for you. Anger helps us solve problems faster, right? Some of us are so good at getting angry, okay? Like, we are professional angry getters, all right? Professional. But joy helps us solve problems more accurately. It also opens us up to new uh, new experiences, new create, uh, being creative, right? And within ourself and within our environment. Prevention focused, all right? And um, I'm going to just step out on a limb here and say, this is me, okay? This is me. I am prevention focused, which equals fear, okay? And I'll be the first to admit it. I, I am totally okay with that. I am an overanalyzer, okay? I am an overanalyzer. I will analyze everything, and I'm going to tell you where I got that from. Prison, okay? I got it from the program that I was in, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, okay? And in this is called a rational analysis, right? So in a rational analysis, you are going to, in the book, they would like put a little camera, right? Camera check. So what is the, the situation, okay? And you, um, in a rational analysis, you're going to do a camera check, which is you're going to write down the situation, okay? So let's, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, um, oh gosh, why can't I think of a good example? Um, all right, let's just use a, bills as an example, okay? We all have those, right? Um, okay, <coughs> so, um, camera check. There's a lot of bills due, I, I, but I want to do Christmas shopping, okay? Let's just use as an example, since it's, we're in Christmas time, right? I have a lot of bills due, but I want to, um, I want to buy Christmas, right? Okay, so that's your camera check. I have a lot of bills due, but I want to buy Christmas. So what a rational analysis is, is you're going to analyze your thought process, okay? So on one in one thing, you're going to think of three things, right? Three things um, that you're thinking, three thoughts, right? Well, I can put these off, or Christmas presents are more important, or, um, you know, I'll get a loan. Okay. Let's just use that as an example. Okay. So those are your, that those are your negative thoughts. Okay. Those are your irrational thoughts, right? Those are irrational, right? Put it off, get a loan, you know, whatever. But then you talk about your rational thoughts. Okay. Which, you know, your, your irrational thoughts are also 
you know, related to consequences. Like, what are the consequences, right? So then you have to rationalize that out, okay? So for one, get a loan, okay? So what is your rational thought to that, right? So if I get a loan, then, you know, am I going to be able to make the payments? Um, are they going to charge me a lot of interest? Basically, you're analyzing your thought process, okay? And this was like driven into our heads when we were in prison, all right. So when I got out, that is the same mindset that I kept, right? Because that's what kept me out of trouble, right? Because there was many days that I was like telling myself that, you know, I'm having a hard time, right? Um, especially around Christmas time at the job we had because people were not donating. And I was having two and $300 checks when I was used to having $1,000 checks, okay? So in my mind, it would have been easier like, I can go, I, I know how to do this, okay? I know how to hit the streets and get the money that I need, but do I want to go back to that lifestyle? But do I want to um, go through this life again? Do I want to put my children through this again? Like these are your these are your thoughts. And then you have to rational out to your consequences, right? Of what could happen. I could end up back in prison. I could end up uh, relapsing, like all of these things, right? And, you know, you, so I, it's always stuck with me. So here's what I do in every scenario in my life. I am thinking of things from the beginning to the end, okay? What could happen? And I overanalyze everything. And when she was, when I was reading this book and it says prevention focused equals fear, right? Prevention focused equals fear. Now, some of the holier people are going to be like, you don't have any faith, right? And that's not always accurate, okay? Because we are human and everyone has fear. I don't care how strong you make yourself look. I don't care what you're doing or how much money you have or what type of job you have or how good your faith is or how much you know the Bible. Everybody has fear. And... I want you to know that, that if you are fearful of something, that's human nature. And oftentimes that is a protection mechanism, okay? But our behaviors show the conditions of our heart. So if we are constantly fearful, okay, that can produce anger. It can produce um lack of motivation, procrastination, like a lot of different things. If we are struggling with fear, it, it shows, it produces a fruit of different kinds, okay? Because some people show it differently. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example. So um, about a month ago, our daughter threw up in the middle of the night. And she aspirated. So she was coughing, right? And my husband um, was getting a little annoyed with me, okay? And so because I was like, lay her down, you know, don't do that. You know, he's trying to hold her because, you know, he's freaking out because she's coughing because she aspirated like, you know, like, and she just threw up. And so like, it was very chaotic at one o'clock in the morning, okay? Two o'clock in the morning. 
So then the next day we're talking about this, right? And he said, I was so, I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. And I said, so you're, when you're fearful, you're, you produce anger. And he was like, I guess. (laughs) So it's like different people produce different things when they're angry. I mean, when they're fearful, right? We are not all the same, right? When I experience fear, I begin to sweat. I get anxious. My stomach starts, you know, going different directions. Um, you know, I, um, I will back away. I will do all of these things. But in another situation, I will fight you, right? So it's like it just depends on the situation, right, of, of how we produce different fruit in our lives. So, um, our behavior shows the conditions of our heart and it will separate us from others. Sadness says, I need connection. If you see someone who is sad, okay, withdrawn, quiet, as a human being, we strive, right, and we um, strive and we yearn for connection. Okay. We are meant for community. We were not built to be alone. We were built for community. (coughs) I follow a lot of women, um, uh, on TikTok with special needs kids. Okay. And this is something that people don't see. And they don't understand unless you live in it. All right. A lot of us as special needs moms yearn for connection. Just because we say, hey, um, I can't, I can't go out to a restaurant with you because, you know, my daughter has to be on a feet or this is her bedtime or we have to keep our children on our, on their schedules, Right. Um, and we believe in that because that's how they stay stable in their life. Because if they cannot communicate with us, right, they need to know what's going on in their life, right, at every minute. So, for instance, I have Destiny on a very strict schedule, okay? Destiny knows what she's doing at every hour of her day. And so much so that when she's on the floor in the afternoon, right, we always take her off the floor at five o'clock and put her on the couch. As soon as she gets on the couch, she immediately goes to sleep because she knows it's bedtime. Okay, so I digress with that. But a lot of times, just because we say we can't go anywhere doesn't mean that we're dismissing wanting a connection with someone. We want community, right? But oftentimes people are like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And they'll just go on, you know, and special needs moms talk about this all the time that they are, they feel isolated and they feel lonely because our lives don't look like everybody else's life. Just because we have a child that has to be on, you know, a schedule doesn't mean that we don't want to be connected with other people, right? We just want people to treat us like you would treat the friend that can go out with you every day, right? Maybe come to our house. 
maybe come, you know, maybe call us and say, hey, can I come over and, and hang out with you, right? We still want connection, but we feel isolated, which makes us sad because we don't have that. We don't have the normal standard life right? We can't jump in a vehicle and go to dinner at eight o'clock at night. We can't do these things, right? So we get sad, right? And so, you know, in, in, it says that sadness um, will separate us, right? So our behavior shows the conditions of our heart, heart sadness, okay? And oftentimes will separate us from other people, Religion always says that we need to stage an intervention of the mind. We're always trying to, in the church, that's what we're told. Renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. You need to think different thoughts. You need to do different things. You need to stage an intervention of the heart. Because until that person's heart heals... The thoughts are always going to be the same. Always. When are we going to start staging an intervention of people's hearts and quit telling them that their thinking is wrong? They're only thinking the things that are in their heart. If you're angry and ugly to people all the time and, you know, all of that, Your heart is broken. Your heart is broken. And we as a, like, as as a church or as, you know, people, we don't often understand that. We don't understand that, you know, we always tell people to change their minds, right? Change your mind, change your thoughts, do this. They are saddened. Their heart is broken right? They need something to change, right? They need the tools. If we're talking to people, we need to tell them, we need to explain to them, like, you know, it's okay to heal your heart. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay um, to admit that you're sad or that you're hurt. Those are, it's okay, But then you have to give them the tools. You can't just tell them they got to change. Because honestly, people don't understand that it's, it's not their minds that are broken. It's their hearts. Excuse me. So when God created the heavens and the earth, order mattered. All right. We feel, we think. We do. We breathe that. We feel, we think, and we do. God, our order mattered to God when he created the heavens and the earth. So understanding how God created us will give us the ability to live the life that he in, in, intended for us to have. Understanding that the heart is our is the soil, our mind is the plant. Right, without the heart, the plant cannot live. 
where is your heart health at today? Not physically, but emotionally. What fruit are you producing? Is it good fruit? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about emotionally. Emotionally, what type of fruit are you producing? Are you producing anger? Are you producing bitterness? Are you producing resentment? Or are you producing joy? Are you producing peace? Are you producing um, love? What are you producing from the heart? And are you producing those things everywhere you go? Or do you produce one fruit in one area and another fruit in another area? Where are you emotionally? Sometimes we don't think about that. We don't think about that our heart is broken. We just oftentimes become angry or fearful or bitter or resentment. And we never understand that it's coming from the heart. I don't know where you are emotionally today. I don't know um, what your garden looks like. But what I want to encourage you today to do is to look at the fruit that you're producing. Where is your heart broken? Where does it need to be healed in order for you to make the changes that you need to make in your life to be whole and to be fruitful and to produce and to have hope and joy and peace and love and understanding and live the beautiful life that God has created you to have. Today, I encourage you to assess where your heart is emotionally. And I encourage you to look into areas where you can get the help that you need in order to heal your broken heart. Therapy, theology, community. Where is an area that you can go that you can be very vulnerable so that your heart can be healed. So this went way over longer than I wanted it to. So I do apologize. Um, But I do hope that you guys have a great day. I hope that this podcast touches you in the most amazing way. And I hope that you are able to locate where you are emotionally. And I hope that you're able to heal so that you can experience the wholeness that you are intended to experience. I'll see you again soon. Have a great day.